When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You're listening to Scoopy Radio with Brendan Robinson. Scoopy Radio. Overtime. Welcome, everyone, to Heavy on Lakers. I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson, senior writer at Heavy.com. Here with Ben Duty, managing editor at Heavy.com. Ben, what's going on? I'm pretty, as we said on our preview earlier, I'm I'm fired up to be watching some basketball. We have um, the end of the early game on right now. Um, Jazz Pelicans, Lakers Clippers coming up. And um, look, I mean, this is maybe the, the best place to start. I remember... Early on in the pandemic, in March and April, every single time you and I talked on the phone, I asked you some variation of, hey, man, are we going to get a season? Are we going to get a season? And the answer is varied from I have no freaking clue to, uh, man, it's starting to look dicey. You know, it's at some point. There are times we didn't think we were going to get here. And uh, look, man, this is going to be a different kind of basketball, but it's like live sports it's the best two teams in the western conference and and uh it it's a pretty uh it's kind of a surreal moment don't you think that you're finally back here after all this it just feels weird to be seeing nba basketball in july june is typically our cutoff uh and the nba restart is uh upon us watching the guy as i'm looking at the pelicans and utah jazz game in the fourth quarter about two minute game or two point game uh but I, I think what's interesting about this is how do we get here? March 11th, uh, Ruby Gobert of the Utah Jazz was scheduled to play uh, in a game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And uh, what ended up happening was, um, and it's a four-point game actually, 96-92, New Orleans Pelicans up by four with six minutes. We're going to get – the league's going to come after us if we give too much play-by-play. We'll make some vague references to what's going on. <laughs> well, anyway. I think, I'm kidding. I think you can still – I think the score is allowed. Okay. So how we got here, uh, Rudy Gobert was the first NBA player to test positive uh, to, with COVID-19. And from March until yesterday, we have not had a, an official NBA game. We have had some Major League Baseball. Um, and, you know, it's been a tumultuous turn of events 
uh, and sports, uh, entertainment, and more. I can't remember the last time I went to the movies. Do you? Dude, I go to the movies maybe like once every three years anyway. The last time I went to the movies, I mean, uh, I, it was probably it was probably in like 2016. So I'm not, I'm not a good I'm not a good mark of that. I can tell you the last time I went to a basketball game. I can tell you the last time I went to an NBA game. I can tell you the last time I went to a college basketball game. Can you? I'll I'll, I'll give you those two. The last basketball game I went to. This I'll give a brief. Shout out to my alma mater, Fairfield University. Mm -hmm. I took my kids to the last ever on-campus game at this gym called Alumni Hall. Mm -hmm. It was the Fairfield-Niagara women's game. And it was on March 7th. And I remember thinking, like, this is cool. We've got the MAC tournament in a few days. We've got, um, we've got the NCAA tournament. Coronavirus is going on. But that's okay. We'll make it through, probably. And that game was four days before the Go Bear game that you referenced. The last NBA game I went to, which was the only game NBA game I went to this year, was Bucks. I called you after this game. It was Bucks Sixers in Milwaukee with like the most monstrous. It was the. It's not the only triple double I've seen in person, but Giannis had an easy triple double. And I'll look up the box score, but it was like it was something ridiculous, like thirty-four points, twenty rebounds, and. 12 assists or something. So that was the last NBA game I went to. And I was like, I definitely want to get to a couple more games. I haven't been to a Laker game this year. I haven't been to a Celtics game this year. And that was it. That was in February. So how about you? When was the last, when was the last basketball game you were at? The last NBA game was the NBA all-star game in February in Chicago at the United center. Um, obviously tribute to uh, Kobe Bryant and, and uh, his daughter as well as, you know, Gianna. Uh, before that, I was at all the events, uh, rookie game, slam dunk contest. Before that, um, last NBA game I was at was Sixers Bulls in February. That weekend, I was at Sixers uh, uh, Grizzlies. Um, and then I, the, the game before that was Kobe's, uh, oh, excuse me, uh, the, the Lakers and Sixers the night that uh, LeBron broke uh, Kobe's uh, scoring record at uh, Wells Fargo Center. Last college game I went to was my college alma mater, uh, Eastern University, uh, St. David's, Pennsylvania, right down the street from Villanova. Uh, I forgot who they played, but I, I was there just visiting because I was out there covering the Sixers and, and uh, they had a you know a two home uh, two home games that that weekend. So um, I uh, definitely love seeing basketball, but to be honest with you, uh, Ben, I, I was enjoying the time off from basketball. Um, I love basketball, um, but last, basketball does consume my life a lot. So, you know, to kind of be away from it was cool. I've been to one Lakers game this season. Uh, it was Lakers Jazz uh, at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. Um, it was a cool game. It was actually the Lakers' first win of that season. They had, you know, they struggled early on against the Clippers um, that week. They played the Clippers in a home opener at Staples Center. The Clippers were the home team. Um, and, you know, the Lakers played the Jazz at home and, and beat a young Jazz team. Um, the Jazz and the Lakers, in my opinion, have done a lot of growing this year, either through death, pandemics, um, and just life. So it's interesting to see uh, where we are right now. Basketball is here in July. You were tired. You were you enjoyed the break. To what extent were you still clamoring to come back after a while? 
Um, I mean, basketball is you're never not working in basketball. So, you know, for me, even though there were no games going on, you're still on the phone with agents, players, front office people, um, people's parents. Um, so to me, the only difference between the pandemic and not the pandemic was the travel. Um, but they, but dude, the, the games are still fun. I mean, I think we're, we'll see what happens. We'll see how tonight goes. Um, you gotta have a little bit of adrenaline flowing for an actual game. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it feels like opening night in, in, in October 22nd um, yeah. in July. So to me, it, it's cool. I've, I've always enjoyed opening nights since like 1992 as a kid. So for me, I mean, it's cool. I've enjoyed the break. <laughs> yeah. I, I I hear you. What are you what are you drinking? We'll we'll do and then we'll take any drink. Um, we'll take a roll call on what anyone's drinking during this game. Let's let's. What do you what are you what are you drinking and what are you wearing? Because you you got a mat you got a you got an awesome shirt on. Um. So I'm drinking a, a mango slushy. Okay. In it. Um. I am wearing a shirt called that says. No sources in red. In Hashtag no sources. Yes. No sources and ESPN lettering. There you go. There you go. Very cool. You got on a heavy hat. You get the heavy hat. We're going to have um, – hey, our boy Landon Buford is in. What's up, Landon? All right. Landon uh, jumps into the comments. Uh, basketball writer, um, friend. We'll, we could call him a friend of the show, I think, right? This, this, show, is, this show has existed for about 14 minutes. But uh, we'll call him friend of the show if that's cool. Does that work? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. All right. Friend of the show, Landon Buford is with us. Yeah. So we get heavy hats. We um we're gonna have some heavy on Lakers merchandise before the end of the season, I hope. And when we get that, that if if I'm on the show, that'll be uh, the heavy heavy on Lakers or the other team gear will be what I'm wearing. In the meantime, you get the heavy shirt, and then this isn't a Lakers shirt or heavy hat. Yeah, but, uh, I, I took the only purple shirt that I have. I put um, purple and gold, a purple and gold bracelet on. Okay, there you go. Scoop mm -hmm. on our preview earlier and check out our. Uh, if you really can't get enough of this stuff, you can did about a fifteen minute preview show, and Scoop was sporting a Pistons jersey. So um, we'll see if we can get a. Uh, we'll, we'll see who else we can get on here and on the show. I got a couple IPAs in the fridge, but it's a long day. It's a long night ahead, so I still have some iced coffee. No booze in the iced coffee for the uh, – There for you the go. No drinking on a job. Yeah, you can have a beer during the show if you want to. I'm, a, I'm okay with it. But for now, I got my uh, – you, you can drink whatever you want, but I, I've got the iced coffee for now. And you got the mango uh, mango slush. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, okay. So, so – all right, man. So, Landon did a good job. I, I get, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed by this. He, um, he, I get the point total almost exactly right on the Giannis and the Giannis stat line of that Sixers game 36 points, 20 rebounds, six assists. But I botched the assist. Well, actually, it was not a triple double. And my bad, it wasn't even that close to a triple double because he only had six assists. But I get the 20 rebounds right. I think I said, go back to the tape, everybody. But I think I said he had something like 34, 20, and 12. So it was way off on the assist. But he went for 36 and 20. <clears throat> and I don't remember. I don't remember if I, I – I'm not sure, Scoop, I've ever been in another basketball game where I saw somebody get 20 rebounds. Um, I feel like I probably – I don't know. I mean, I've, I'm, try, I'm, wor I'm working through 
who have I seen in person? Who have I seen a lot of in person who was like a candidate to get 20 rebounds from like mid-major college to high-major college to the NBA? You definitely have seen you, – you're saying live or period? Oh, I've, I've definitely seen a million of them on TV. Not that it's that common. I'm trying to think of if that Giannis game is the only time I've seen twenty guy get 20 boards in person. So the, the most dominant – I'm curious for your take on this scoop as a guy who's watched a ton of – or watched a ton of hoops um, – our pal here, a rose, says he's here for the game, not for you to talk. Well, you can mute us and put the sound on the game if you want to. Um, you know, no, we're not. Yeah, okay. So let's be clear. Yeah, we're not. We're uh, we're we're not we're not showing the game. Uh, nor nor are we trying to trick people into saying we're showing the game. Um, we are we are not showing the game. But 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 I'll tell you what. Um, I could probably I, we probably have a streaming guide that I can drop into the comments here. Um, no, we're not showing the game. The game is on TNT. So you got to have cable or a, uh, streaming service. Um, yeah, we can't, uh, I wish we could show that. I wish we could show the effing game. We, we so can't do that. Peaks, King Dirt, Arose, Surge. Thank you guys for coming by. Stop cursing at us. Yeah, please. Let me, let me, let me get you at least a streaming guide here. As I appreciate Of course, everyone wants to watch the game. I get that. I have a streaming guide if you want it. Well, let me see if I get. I, I want to see if I get a streaming guide in heavy that would walk you through where, where you could. Uh, and and I do have it. So, um, look, this is going to prompt you. Our boy Jr. Degroot, who's on the one of our Lakers writers, wrote this, and I'll drop it in the comments here. Um, look, um, <laughs> this will require this will require you to sign up for something. But there, most of these services or some of these services have free trials. So you want to watch the game. You can you can click through, sign up for service, get the free trial, and then if you want to go your other whatever other alternate methods you have, then I'm not going to discourage that. Not not my job to do that, but that you're on your own on that stuff. Can you can you see my reflection? He said, "Can you can you show in your reflection through the glasses?" <laughs> All right. Um, and let me make sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's, we, we got to, so nine o'clock, um, we're still wrapping up, uh, Pelicans jazz. So this game will tip after that. This is a pretty good audience scoop. We get 50 people on the stream. I mean, this is, this is pretty good. Appreciate you guys stopping by. Thank you for that. Um, Clifton Marty, what's going on, sir? Rich Dre, Lakers on, heavy on Lakers. Got a good group of people in here. Appreciate you guys stopping by. Big Will 34, thank you for that assist. Trey the Truth was good. Yeah, man. Um, so one of the things about the Lakers um, Clippers game tonight that I find pretty interesting is um, those who aren't playing. Um, more specifically um, on the Clipper side. They'll be without Montrez Harrell. Um, they'll also be without uh, Patrick Beverly. And they'll also be without Lou Williams. As we all know, Lou Williams uh, went to Magic City uh, well, at, on his getting ready to go back to Orlando after going to see his grandfather, uh, go to the funeral of his grandfather. Pardon me. And um, it's interesting because when you look at the Los Angeles Lakers, 
uh, specifically. Um, when they began their season uh, back in October, October 22nd, they were without Kyle Kuzma as well as Rajon Rondo. And I find that significant because many people were looking to write off the Lakers uh, after the Lakers lost to the Clippers. And, you know, the Lakers, it's been a, a pretty much a, a journey this season because uh, they've been trying to find a rhythm, trying to find that right trade, trying to get that workout to happen with various players, finally getting the workout and then deciding who's who. And then, you know, the coronavirus pandemic hit. And right before that, they made some signings. They, the Lakers signed uh, Deion Waiters, uh, a guy that earlier this season had some issues with the Miami Heat, his former team, and uh, Rich Paul. Uh, who is Waiters' agent as well as J.R. Smith's agent, you know, convinced the Lakers as well as their, their uh, as well as Rob Palenka uh, to sign him. And, you know, he didn't play a game. Uh, and then the Lakers proceeded to cut uh, DeMarcus Cousins. And then uh, that, that created uh, a Morris twin-sided with the Lakers. And then, you know, the pandemic happened during the pandemic uh, and, and deciding what was going to eventually happen with the season. Uh, Avery Bradley, who uh, you know has been you know, collaborating with various people within the NBA's Players Association, uh, he and Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets, you know, are on the same page as it relates to um, social justice and more. Uh, Avery Bradley did cite uh, the fact that his his son was asymptomatic. Uh, okay, Landon just said as of an hour ago, Patrick Beverly is playing. Thank you for that heads up. Um, but as it relates to, um, you know, Avery Bradley deciding not to play, the Lakers made the decision to sign uh, J.R. Smith. And J.R. Smith has had a good uh, – has played well in scrimmages. The last game the Lakers had against uh, the Washington Wizards, uh, their starting lineup included uh, Alex Caruso, uh, J.R. Smith, Deion Waiters, uh, Quinn Cook, as well as Danny Green. Ironically, all former Cleveland Cavaliers teammates – with LeBron James and uh, the, the Los Angeles Lakers have produced, uh, have scored, and you know they're looking to take this show in the bubble uh, against the uh, Los Angeles Clippers tonight, the home team. So very interesting tonight. Um, the Lakers are without Rajon Rondo, will be out six to eight weeks. Uh, he'll look to come back. Um, in the meantime, the Lakers are gelling. Uh, LeBron James looking to chase another championship uh, and to add to the mantle in his second season with the Los Angeles Lakers. Ben, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. Muted myself for a minute, but uh, I'm uh, I'm with you. I'll be with you all night. Don't worry. Good, good, good. A lot of talk. We, we, we've had, we've had, it's, it's been an eventful day. We had a, we had a five-year-old birthday party. We had the post, we had to usher, uh, usher my kids from the birthday party to bath time, bedtime. I won't bore you with the full play-by-play, but um, <laughs> we had some aftershocks of that process that I was feeling. Oh, wow. Oh, Here wow. I am. Here you are. Here you are. Here you are. But yeah, uh, definitely, definitely an eventful day. Uh, while you guys are here, please make sure to check out my last two columns over at heavy.com. Um, I wrote one today, uh, earlier today, uh, as a primer uh, for tonight's Lakers Clippers game, uh, Jared Dudley uh, spoke to this Seven Footers podcast with Ryan Hollins and Brendan Haywood about the Lakers Clippers rivalry. Uh, you can check that out at heavy.com. Uh, today on my podcast, Scoopy Radio, the Scoopy Radio podcast, 
Uh, I had uh, T. Morant, father of uh, Memphis Grizzlies point guard, John Moran on, and we talked about the Rookie of the Year award. And, you know, he said that um, if Ja does not win the NBA's Rookie of the Year award, that's laughable and compared it to Aaron Gordon not winning the slam dunk contest um, this year uh, in, in Chicago. Remember during the slam dunk contest, uh, Aaron Gordon, some say was cheated by Dwayne Wade uh, voting for uh, Terrence Jones Jr., uh, a member of the Miami Heat. So you know, that, that's interesting. And, uh, but yeah, uh, Tim Morant talked at length about Ja and uh, just, you know, rookie of the year. So it's going to be very interesting. And, you know, a lot of the different conversations of defensive play of the year in the NBA, Anthony Davis is someone who, you know, has, has shared with me that that's his goal. Uh, that's what he cares about, but that and winning a championship. And then, you know, the last week or so, people have been talking about um, the MVP. Ben, from your perspective, um, do you think he's the NBA's MVP or are you going along the lines of LeBron James? So my prior on this scoop is I think LeBron should be the MVP. I think it's mostly bullshit when LeBron isn't the MVP every single year. Like I, even, even, the, even the great Warriors teams, it's like if you took – I'm sure there are good metrics on this. Like if you took LeBron off of his team, his team would be – in some case, his team would range from complete garbage the first time around. Let's walk through Le- LeBron from start Scoop to finish during his career, radio. right? The, the Cavs without LeBron the first time around would be barely a playoff team. In fact, probably not a playoff team. Probably not a playoff team. He took them to the finals. Right. If, if you had – you wouldn't have had Bosch there without LeBron, but hypothetically, if you had Bosch and Wade without LeBron, it's a really good team, definitely a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Maybe even an Eastern Conference contender, but not a two-time, not a four-time Eastern Conference champion, two-time NBA champion. And then the Cavs, the second time around, some good players, maybe they're a playoff team, but they're not what they were. So like every single one of those years, pardon me, what does LeBron have? Three MVPs? How many MVPs does he have? Landon, you can look this up. Landon's been our stat guy here. He's fact-checking us on everything, including letting me know that I messed up Giannis's stat line. So anyway, however many MVPs LeBron has, he should have like twice as many. He's been the best player in the sport almost. Uh, he's been the best player in the sport since like 2007 or 2008. But this year, I think Giannis is the MVP. I think Giannis, what Giannis, what, like I was thinking. Four times. He's, it's four? I'm going to say we should go. I should go back and look at this. I bet you you could find seven years or more where LeBron should have been the MVP. Um, he should have got it. Um, he should have got it in 2017. We should, we should, we can go. We can we can go through here. We go through here year by year the years that LeBron hasn't won the MVP and make and I can make a case for why LeBron should be the MVP. But like this is I was thinking about this a lot because. You know, everyone's 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 making like their finals picks, talking about who they see making deep playoff run, who's going to the finals, etc. And there's all this talk about the chalk is Lakers Bucks, right? LeBron against Giannis. And I was thinking, like, I don't know if I can remember like a superstar on superstar finals matchup that's of that caliber. And then I think the reason I feel that way is. Giannis, and part of it may be Scoop is because they're kind of similar players, right? Um, 
LeBron's a better shooter by far, but they're both like big, tall, athletic dudes who can run the floor, take him to the hole, dunk on people, rebound, assist, like all all that. So similar similarities, although LeBron is probably more complete player. Utah like, just won the game 106-104. Um, sorry about that. Good, no, good game, by the way. That's This is a good game. Um, and uh, kind of an important game, I think, for the Pelicans, right? Um, and I guess for the Jazz, too, for, for seeding stuff. But anyway, on the on the Giannis thing, that, that basic question of what does this team look like without this star player – I know this is probably more complicated than I'm painting it right now off the top of my head. Um, in fact, I remember seeing a stat at some point last year where, like, the Bucks were better for long stretches when Giannis wasn't on the floor. Yeah. But, like, if Giannis is not on that team, I mean, they're the best regular season – best regular season record by far. They're the – they're a – I saw ESPN's BPI projection has them with a 71% chance to win the East right now. Like, they're – they're so dominant. If Giannis is not out there, I mean, they're not like that. So um, I think if I had to – and frankly, like, I haven't even crunched a lot of numbers on this. I think if I had to crunch the numbers right now, I would vote for Giannis. Where would you be? On the rookie – excuse me, on the MVP this season? Yeah, where would you be on the MVP? I think Giannis is the MVP this season. Um, and has only not been the MVP for four weeks, and it was and LeBron was the MVP closing the the, the before you know by March 11th when the NBA shut down, LeBron was the MVP for a week. You saw him beat the Bucks. You saw him beat uh, the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. Um, but I think that when it was all said and done. Throughout the course of the season, Giannis has been the MVP statistically. Um, but the thing is, that I'm torn because um, when you talk about LeBron James um, and what he's done for the league this year, particularly with his team, he leads the league in, in assists, uh, 10.6 assists per game, uh, averages about 26.5 points per game for 49 and 14 Los Angeles Lakers team. Um, but I also think when you look at Giannis Antetokounmpo, I think the Bucks are still a good team without Giannis present. I think without Giannis present, the Bucks can still get to the second round easily. If the Lakers don't have LeBron, I don't know that they get past the first round. Yeah, no, that's 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 fair. Um, Celtics. I'm looking forward to uh, Celtics Bucks tomorrow. By the way. Um, it's a four o'clock game tomorrow, correct? What's that? That's a four o'clock game tomorrow, isn't it? It is a six thirty tip. Mm -hmm. Six thirty. Bucks by four. The Bucks are technically the home team. Bucks by four and a half. We should we should go through here. I won't I won't make you I won't you I won't make you guys pick the whole playoff bracket. But give me um give me your Western Conference Finals. Eastern Conference Finals and Finals, and we want we want to hear from the commenters on this too. J Two Savvy on YouTube said Giannis is in the East. F those statistics. Yeah, I think you bring up a valid point, um, but let's not act like the East still doesn't have decent teams. Um, the Indiana Pacers has been a surprise team this year. 
um, without Victor Oladipo at points during the during the season. The Nets were exciting to watch at points until Kyrie went down twice. Um, you, you look at the Philadelphia 76ers early in the season, Joel Embiid was an MVP candidate, not the MVP, was discussing MVP conversations. Um, when you look at the Bucks, you know, they've been talented, but at the same time, the Bucks did beat the Lakers in the regular season back in December, handily, convincingly. Um, so keep that into consider uh, in consideration as well. Where's the game? In the chat, you'll notice that we uh, gave you guys a guide, ways that you can stream it. Uh, little Isaac, hope that you're having a good night and you enjoy the game, brother. And uh, don't take your anger out on me. Enjoy the game, brother. I'll drop the uh, streaming guide, link for that streaming guide. Some of those options should be good for you. You're going to have to sign up for stuff, but um, in, in some cases, they're free trials. The Lakers are kneeling during the playing of the national anthem. It looks like the Clips are too, Scoop. Oh, it's the Clippers. Yeah, looks like everybody is. Most of you guys probably have the stream on. You can see this, but kneeling, Black Lives Matter, T-shirts, arms locked, players, coaches. Scoop B Radio. It's a moment there, man. I don't want to talk over it too much. That's definitely a definitely a moment. All right, so we're getting some uh, getting some comments. We're a couple minutes away from from tip. Um, little late here. If you're joining us now, I assume the TV window obviously is uh, a cause for that with the Jazz Pelicans game going a little late, um, and so we'll tip off a little after nine twenty here. Uh, good, good comments here, and um, on on predictions. So, Matt Brown says Lakers versus Clippers in the West, Bucks and Sixers in the East, then Lakers and Bucks. Man, you can tell us who wins. I assume you're going Lakers to win, but let us know who wins. We want who's in the West, who's in the East, who's in the finals, and who wins. Who wins the finals? Um, and then, yeah, going back, going back to the comment about like Giannis's numbers against the East. I would buy that a little bit more if this was the East from like 2016, whereas like 2016, 2017. So like the year, the Isaiah Thomas, I'll give you an example, the Isaiah Thomas year in Boston where the Celtics won, the Celtics were the one seed in the East. That's, that's a weak Eastern conference. I mean that, that year, I mean, hats off to that Celtics team. that won like 53 games, but like that was a week. There was, you knew that LeBron almost no matter what was coming out of there. Like that's not really the case. I mean, it's it almost shows. I think last year is pretty good evidence of that, right? That it's not the case where the Bucks are going to last year. The Bucks have the best record in the sport in the regular season. They can't get out of the East because the Raptors beat them, and the Raptors win the championship. Like it's not like the Bucks lost to the Raptors in some fluke. Yeah, the Bucks lost because they were got they were banged up in a bunch of injuries, and then the Raptors got swept by the Warriors when they got there. Like the Bucks were the best team in the sport in the regular season. The Raptors are a better team in that playoff series. And then the Raptors are the better. The Raptors deserve to win the championship too once they got there. They sure. were the better team in the finals. Sure. And, the, sure. and then and the East was pretty deep, you know, beyond that too. You know, the Celtics were kind of were kind of a mess, but they were okay. The Sixers were pretty good. The Pacers were pretty good. So I don't know that I buy that like Giannis is just playing against, 
you know, a bunch of a bunch of uh, a bunch of scrubs in the East. Is the West better than the East? I mean, I think the West is better than the East at the top. I mean, here's a question for you, Scoop. Where, who are the who are the three best teams in the league? Like, I, I would I would think the answer to that is the Lakers, Clippers, and Bucks in some order. And my order would probably be the Lakers, then the Bucks, then the Clippers. But I do think you have two of the best three teams in the league in the West. So the West is better at the top. But I don't think the East is trash either. Um, I think the best team in the East, the best, you're asking me the best four teams, period? Or just the best team in the, in, in the best? Who are the best teams in the league? The best teams in the league, Lakers, Clippers. Um, Bucks. What? Our boy Ben says maybe Bucks or maybe Bucks or Lakers win. Yeah, I think the uh, that's the question. So the Lakers or the Bucks? I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you my. I'll give you my. My picks here. The West is easy. The East is a little harder. Like I think so in the in the West, I think it'll be Lakers, Clippers in the West in the West Finals. I think it'll be a. I don't know if this is a hot take or not. I think it'll be a long series. Like I could see that series going. It wouldn't surprise me if that series went six or seven. Mm-hmm. And it would not shock me if the Clippers won that series. But like, like I don't think the Lakers are better by such a margin that they're definitely going to win that especially when you have no home court, right? Granted, I know these two teams literally play on the same court in the regular season too. But <laughs> there's no crowd advantage or whatever, right? So, like, I feel like in Lakers-Clippers scoop, Lakers in the gold home – in the uh, gold jerseys. Again, I won't – we're not allowed to do play-by-play, but I'll tell you the uniforms for anybody that's not having gold, – the gold for the Lakers and the uh, the home whites, if you want to call them that, for the Clips. Home gold. <laughs> yeah, home gold and the home home white. Um, no, uh, no purple, no Lakers whites and no, uh, black or blue for the clips. Um, but no, um, if you gave me Lakers and Clippers in a regular scenario with the Lakers having home court, I would say that game could get to seven, but if it gets to seven, I'd be really, really, really worried about the Clippers winning a game seven on the road. In this scenario, when the whole thing's at a neutral court, I think it's a six or seven game series. I think the Lakers are a better team by a decent margin, so I'll pick the Lakers. If I if I have to name you an exact an exact series and number of games, I'll give you um, I'll give you Lakers I'll give you Lakers in seven over the Clips. And in the East, the Bucks are going to win. I'll go a little bit against the grain and say the Celtics find a way to get to the East Finals. But then they get slaughtered by the Bucks. I, th- I think you're bringing up a good point about the Celtics. I think people very much so underestimate the Celtics because they haven't won anything yet. Like the closest they came, just meaning haven't won anything yet in the last couple of years. Obviously, you know we know what they did last decade with the Kevin Garnett, uh, Paul Pierce, uh, Ray Allen era uh, Celtics team. But as it relates to, um, oh yeah, they have they haven't won. They haven't really – I mean, there are a couple exceptions to this, but they haven't really won a se- – like, this is the way I would say it. I'm a New England guy, so I probably follow this up as closely. The, um, with one or two exceptions I can name you, 
the Celtics under Brad Stevens have not won a playoff series that they weren't supposed to win. Right. They had a playoff series that they weren't supposed to win. I mean, they, they did have a couple of years ago, they had that series in the Sixers where they were underdogs in the series. But in that case, the Celtics were the Celtics at home court. They were an underdog despite having home court. I think that was a two, three series. Celtics were the two, the Sixers were the three. And that was a, like, that was a gutty win by the Celtics. But I'm talking about a series where, like, it's the Celtics against LeBron's Cavs or something like that. Like, they haven't won that. And by the way, they haven't won that, including when they had home court. The year with Isaiah, when the Celtics were the one seed. I'm not saying they should have won that. It's not a choke job that they didn't win it, but they didn't, they, they couldn't win that. But, mm-hmm. like, I, I, I like him. I mean, we'll see how Kemba is. Kemba's been banged up. Yeah, he's been banged up, but I think he's fresh now, having this long layoff. Um, I remember talking to Jalen Brown uh, back in the fall, just about the, the the Celtics at large and you know how they're doing. And, and he said, that, I said to him, you know, why do you think that people don't give you guys your just due? And he says, because we haven't won anything yet. They're a new team. Uh, they got Kimball Walker. They got Marcus Smart. They got, they got him. They got Jason Tatum. Tatum as well as as. Uh, Jalen Brown have had uh, MVP. Oh, excuse me, they've had All Star seasons, um, but I think they're trying to get it all together. I think that I think that uh, Kemba was a great addition to that team uh, post Kyrie, um, and I think that <clears throat> he better suits them. Number one, because Kemba's hungry. Kemba's has been in Charlotte for years uh, and has has not really had the opportunity to really soar or surge within Charlotte, just because they haven't been good. Um, Stephen Ferris said, best team ever, 0-4 Pistons. Mr. Big Shot, Rip City, Tayshaun Prince, She, Big Ben. I agree with you. And they came out of nowhere. The minute they traded to get Rasheed Wallace, things changed for them exponentially in the playoffs. Are you a – I'm curious. Steve, Steven, are you a curious your Pistons fan? I love that team. I'm a big UConn guy. I love Rip Hamilton. I love Kemba. Um, I, I love – I'm a Ray Allen guy. I'm definitely a Rip Hamilton guy. But that was not the best team ever. That that Pistons team, this is actually a compliment. I think that Pistons team, definitely in that decade in the 2000s, it was the least talented team that won a championship in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it was the least. I'm trying to – I, I kind of want to say it's the least. Scoop and I are thinking pretty much the same age. Ben, I'm about to be 35. And uh, so I, I – It'd be a bold statement to say that was the least talented team to win a championship in my lifetime, but it's down there. But that's why I like those guys. They're a ballsy team. Like that team had no business. That that team against the I'd, I'd love to go back and look at like the the odds for that finals heading into it. But like no one gave that Tayshawn Prince Rip Hamilton Pistons team a chance to win that series, and they took it to the Lakers. But mm-hmm. they're not the best team ever. Anyway, but back to the, the my 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 picks would be. I think the Celtics make the East Finals, but they get crushed by the Bucs. I say Bucks in five in the East over the Celtics, Lakers in seven over the Clips in the West. And then I think it's going to be an awesome championship series between the Bucks and Lakers. And I think the Lakers win it in six or seven. Gun to my head, I'd say the Lakers win it in six. I see, I, see I, I have the Sixers in the conference finals with the Bucks. And so what what happens? So what happens there? You get the Bucks, the Sixers give them a run for their money? No, I think the Bucs are still going to the finals. I don't think the Sixers are going to the finals. I think they're going to the conference finals. I think they lose to the um, to the uh, to the Bucks. Sixers lose to the Bucks. The thing about it is, um, I think one of the things that that gets lost in translation a lot is 
people don't give the Raptors enough credit just because Kawhi Leonard is not there. Um, yeah, I mean, so a, a question that's an interesting thing that you know we haven't we haven't uh, we haven't talked a ton about the Raptors. I, I feel like I feel like no one's talked that much about that much about the Raptors this year. We should talk about the Raptors just for a minute, especially because we got a commercial break in the Laker game. The job that those guys have done without Kawhi to be a second in the East at the restart, like, it's amazing. I mean, this is a team that, like, pre-Kawhi. I mean, granted, there was a, there was a, they were a pretty good team without Kawhi. Before. They couldn't get past. They could not. They could not get past LeBron and Cleveland. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah, and that cost Casey his job, um, rightly, rightly or wrongly, rightly mm-hmm. or wrongly. Um, maybe I mean the results under Nurse, obviously you can't you can't argue with uh, the championship. So I mean, Nick Nurse was in a similar Nick Nurse and Casey are in a similar but different situation as it relates to Mark Jackson and Steve Kerr. You take a team and you win a championship. The reason I feel the reason I have a little bit more sympathy for Casey than for Jackson in that scenario was like the team that Kerr took over from Jackson was the same team. The team that Nurse took over, you added a top three player in the league. You know what I mean? So like it'd be like, to me the what happened with the Raptors would be like if the Warriors like didn't have Clay Thompson or something until Kerr took over, mm-hmm. and you take over, you add a great player, and then you win. Let's see that. But we'll see. I mean, it'd be interesting. I mean, I don't. Uh, it's a. I mean, I think Steve Kerr is a better coach than Mark Jackson. But also, that team was young under Jackson. I mean, those guys were kids. He developed them. Yeah. I mean, they, it. It. You can. I, I. You can totally sell me on something that's basically like Mark Jackson wasn't a great coach, but those guys were young and emerging, and they needed another year anyway. You know. I mean that happens. It happens in every sport. You know, why not do too much baseball talk? But like having a Buck Showalter with the Yankees, he's man, he made he, so he, he, he's pretty good. He steps away, and then the team wins three championships in the next four years when he's gone. You yep. know, makes him look bad. Yeah, makes him look bad. Well, that, that's valid. I, I got that baseball reference. Um, I think that uh, if you bring up a valid point, I think that with Mark Jackson, you brought your head on the head. He was developing a team. He drafted a lot of those guys. And Steph Curry was often injured, uh, and finally he got it together. Uh, when when Kerr came in, you know, brought in Iguodala, uh, you, you had you had Draymond Green, and uh, you know, 2015 I think surprised many people. But I always wonder, hey, what if Kyrie Irving and 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 uh, Kevin Love weren't hurt? Will we be singing the, the Warriors' praises the same way? And you brought up something early. I wanted to forgot about it. I wanted to bring it back. One of the things that's talked about in NBA circles is what if Steph Curry and the Warriors were healthy? What if Kevin Durant was healthy? Would the Toronto Raptors have been able to win the NBA Finals like they did last year? And I think that this year gives the Raptors a chance to silence many critics because many people think think some people think that the that the Raptors got the easy way um, in that situation. So it makes me wonder if, if, if Kevin Durant, who was hurt earlier in the playoffs, came back a little too soon, 
got hurt again in the finals. That happened. Um, I, I'd be willing to, to to bet that it would be a different outcome. Um, that's just me. Landon, Landon has a provocative comment. He says the Warriors would have won all those rings with Mark Jackson. Yeah, Kevin Durant. Of course you would. You think that's true? The, the Warriors would have won all those rings with Mark Jackson? Yeah, Mark just had a, got a raw deal in the end because he said some things um, privately that, you know, came back out uh, that, you know, that many people in NBA circles, when phone calls are made about recommendations, uh, he doesn't get a good recommendation from the Warriors. Uh, something specific that he said. You think that you you think that that's why he's not an NBA head coach, as opposed to people have questions about the results. Yes, I buy that. I, I buy I buy that, especially because the results were fine. I mean, the results weren't great, but um, you know, we had. I, this stuff is obviously hard to unpack. I was listening to, a, I think a lot of, I won't be the first person touching this because a, a lot of people have, but um, I was listening to, um, I was listening to a really good, um, you ever listen to Nate Duncan's podcast? Nate no, Duncan. But I'm familiar with Nate, yes. So anyway, Nate, Nate has a good podcast. So I was listening to a really good pod that uh, when I get it, I'll drop the link into the chat here. So Nate had, Perry Bacon Jr. on. Perry's a writer, uh, really, really talented, um, really smart politics reporter from 538. And um, they had this wide-ranging discussion on Nate's podcast a few weeks ago where they touched on reporting in the NBA. And they also talked about the lack of racial diversity in coaching and front office jobs in sports. And this is where Mark Jackson came up. Um, or where Mark Jackson comes to mind for me, but also I think in that conversation, which is that if you look at what happens to black coaches relative to white coaches in the NFL and the NBA, the black coaches are much less likely to get a second chance than the white coaches. That's not to say that there aren't idiosyncratic issues, pro and con for every coach. Obviously there are. Um, and obviously some guys deserve and some guys don't deserve a second chance. But the, what Nate and Perry were talking about was, like, if you look at the track record, the, the NFL and NBA landscapes – I mean, you wrote the other day, and this is, this is not a knock on this guy because I think he's a really good coach. You wrote the other day about Tom Thibodeau, right? You talked to, to Joakim Noah, who had great things to say about Tom Thibodeau. And I, right. think, I think Tom Thibodeau is a really good coach. I remember Tom Thibodeau being a Doc Rivers assistant on the championship Celtics teams. Tom Thibodeau is totally a good coach. But he's on, what, his third – he's going to be on his third team now? Yeah, and there are some players that I have spoke, reached out to in the last 24 hours um, that most players wanted to talk about tips. A couple didn't. Um, there are a few players who did not have a good relationship with tips and uh, did not want to speak about him publicly uh, on the record. So, But m most of the positivity came Tibbs' way, like um, Joe Kinoa, uh, who you know told me uh, or spoke the world of uh, Tibbs, I'm pulling up the text message now. Uh, when I asked him just about the Knicks at large, he said the Knicks are in good hands. Uh, Tibbs is a, a hard-nosed coach uh, that brings it 24-7 as a player. All you want is to be held accountable. Tibbs will be that. I'm sure his house is in order and he will be ready for the task. I wish him nothing but the best. So, you know, he, uh, Joe Kim Nolan, uh, made two NBA All-Star appearances. 
with um, under Tibbs in Chicago as a member of the Bulls. And, um, you know, he thinks the world of him. Uh, I, I was on the phone with Taj Gibson last night, um, current New York Nick, and uh, he and Tibbs are supposed to link up sometime next week. Uh, Tibbs gave remarks today about, you know, his new partnership with the Knicks. And, you know, but but uh, Taj does think the world of, of, of Tibbs. He's played for Tibbs in uh, Minnesota uh, as well as Chicago. And now he'll be uh, an, uh, a co-worker of, of Tibbs uh, as a member of the New York Knicks as well. So there are guys who do think the world of him. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I do think you're right about second chances. Uh, something that comes to mind easily to me. Um, is uh, Byron Scott, uh, who coached the then New Jersey Nets and, you know, had some issues with Jason Kidd. And Lawrence Frank ended up replacing Byron Scott. And this is Byron Scott, who did take the Nets to multiple uh, NBA Finals appearances. And that next season started out kind of rocky. Uh, lost a bunch of games. And Lawrence Frank, you know, was, was, was a listening ear for Jason Kidd. And when I talked to former members of the Cavaliers in 2016, they likened Tyron Lue's emergence in Cleveland after David Blatt was fired uh, to Lawrence Frank uh, when he ultimately uh, became the next head coach of the Nets after uh, Jason after Byron Scott left. So it's interesting. I feel like you. I want to stop for a moment and just repeat a phrase you said and give props to Byron Scott. Think about this with like almost twenty years of hindsight now. Took the Nets to multiple finals. Like that phrase took the the guy took the Nets the multiple. I know, I know they had I know they had some talent. I know they I know Jason Kidd was on the team, but mm-hmm. like I I want to make sure this is true. But I it has to be. How many Nets? How many times have the Nets been in the finals in their fran- in franchise history? Twice, and then they won some ABA championships. Other yeah. than nothing. So that that should get you some cred if you take the New Jersey Nets to multiple finals. Like not that easy a thing to do, you know, I will say, by the way, on, you know, I was thinking about Tibbs and the thing that's particularly noteworthy about Tibbs is like, this isn't just some of these coaches. It's not just a second chance. It's that someone scoops them up immediately. Like they don't even have to take, they, they don't even Tibbs and guys like that. Um, Tibbs isn't going to need to go be a broadcaster for five years in between coaching jobs. He's going to no, get scooped up. But I, I, I will tell you a major, a major exception to a rule of it takes a while for black head coaches to get another shot or never. A major exception we're watching right now is Doc, right? Um, where Doc obviously has – and now that one's different because Doc left the Celtics after winning. Doc did pretty much nothing other than win. Mm-hmm. But the team was breaking up. The team pr- wasn't going to be very good that next year after they traded Pierce and Garnett to the Nets. Yeah, yeah. so they weren't going to be very good, and Doc knew that. But Doc obviously took the Clippers' job, and he's had a lot of longevity. I mean, I will say, like, as a guy who follows the Celtics, the succession of Doc to Brad Stevens has been really, really. I I feel like lucky to have. I feel lucky that now the Celtics are going on, I don't know, fifth, I'm trying to think when when Doc Doc's first year um, in the mid-2000s. I mean, the Celtics are going on like 15 straight years having like a really, really good coach the whole time. And like that's not lost on me. But with Doc, 
I, I wonder this. I wonder if you have a thought on this. And a lot of it's going to depend probably on what he can do with this window with the Clippers. Do you think Doc will win another championship? If he does, this is the year. Yeah. And Landon, Landon mentioned Dwayne Casey's another guy who's getting another. They, they talk, by the way, on that, that podcast where I dropped you the link with Nate and Perry. Um, they talk about Dwayne Casey. And I think Perry had a good point with Casey. No offense to our boy out here who's a Pistons fan. But Perry was like, the Pistons are so – I'm paraphrasing. He basically said, like, the Pistons are so bad that I don't think Dwayne Casey's going to have any success but I'm not going to know whether it's his – I'm not going to know if he can coach because that team isn't going to be – he was kind of like, I'd be curious if Dwayne Casey had a better team right now. But maybe he can do some things with the Pistons. I don't know. I'm not here to knock the Pistons. The Pistons, Pistons – maybe maybe the Pistons can do something. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. You know? The Pistons are in a very um, precarious situation. You bring in Derrick Rose, uh, who's had, you know uh, – rebounded career the last couple of years. Um, by the way, the score is 15 to nine uh, with seven and one in the, in the first. Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope is at the line. Uh, but in answer to your question um, about the Pistons, um, hold on one second. When you talk about the Pistons at large, I think they're just at a point where they're just, they're stagnant. You know, you have Blake Griffin, um, you have they, they they got rid of um, their point guard, who's now a member of the Clippers and, and is living his best life. Uh, but it just there's no there's no identity. I think identity is the word that we're looking for uh, in the Central Division at large, not just the Pistons, the Bulls. Uh, they're they're a young team, um, you know, built along the sides of of Zach Levine uh, and, and and Wendell Carter Jr. and others. So. Um, I think it's just that central division, the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, they had their heyday with LeBron James, and, and they still have Kevin Love. But they're just not – they're not – that central division just mm, – not. they're not impressive to me. I think the Eastern Conference, particularly the Atlantic division, is looking to make some some moves in that regard. But um, as it relates to your question about Doc Rivers, man, I think um, now is the season to, to, to capitalize off of that, particularly because – you brought in a star in Paul George and then, you know, and an all-star in um, Kawhi Leonard. And Steve okay. said it best, fire sale for the Pistons. Yeah, shout out to my boy Scott Apuzo with the uh, Rick Pitino reference. Um, who else do we need some, need some shout outs? I know Sean Devaney was lingering in here. He, he should hop on. Scoop, anybody you want to shout out to in the, uh, the audience here? No. Hey, everybody. Uh, everybody. All right. Good. Good. Um, yeah, the bad boys are not walking through that door at, at all. Um, so to reset, to reset, let's just reset here for a minute. Um, eighteen eleven Lakers early again. Not a lot to do play by play. We can tell you about a little bit about what's going on. Uh, about five minutes left in the first quarter. Um, keep the comments flowing. We have. Um, Comments coming in on three platforms. We have them from Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope. Um, so that part that, that part's gone well. Um, keep the comments going if you have questions. Um, I don't expect anybody to have questions for me, but nobody cares what I have to say. But if you if you have questions for 
scoop, fire away. If you have coverage requests for heavy, uh, scoop and I can both take those. What I'll add is, and I think we haven't talked about them at all, uh, the Miami Heat isn't getting enough mentions and enough love. Uh, as Joaquin Noah is at the free throw line right now, he just missed his first free throw. They're not getting enough love in what regard? Like you think they're going to make a finals run? Or you just think they're a good team? They have the potential to be both. Let me call up the uh, call up the East standings. Um, when you look at the, yeah, I mean, you're right. You're right that the Heat, the Heat, right? You're right that the Heat, relative to their record, most people don't treat them as a serious contender, and they're like, I mean, they're two and a half games behind the Celtics for the three seed. So there you go. I still have a hard time seeing seeing them making a big like a deep run, but it's a good record. Here's what people didn't expect. So when I look at the Miami Heat, you drafted Tyler Hero, you got an undrafted Kendrick Nunn. Early this season, Kendrick Nunn was thought by some to be an early season um, rookie of the year. Uh, of course, things have changed. Um, but you also, in free agency, got Jimmy Butler, who really became their their Dwayne Wade replacement. Um, when you look at the Miami Heat, um, as you know, Ben, I was with uh, Russell Westbrook the day he was traded to the Houston Rockets out in Oklahoma. And the talk on the ground in Oklahoma was um, they wanted to move Chris Paul to the Miami Heat. But Miami's apprehension was Tyler Hero. Miami didn't want to give up Tyler Hero. Um, yeah. And and Oklahoma City didn't want to give up Danilo Gallinari. And what you saw at the trading deadline was them trying to make that deal happen. Miami still didn't want to give up Tyler Hero. Yeah. Tyler Hero, I watched a, I watched a decent amount of Kentucky, Kentucky basketball. Watched Tyler Hero a good amount in Kentucky. I did not think that Tyler Hero was going to be this kind of pro. Um, I'm sure some people did who were a lot smarter than I am. But, like, do you remember, Scoop? I can't think – I mean, I haven't been following Summer League super, super closely for my whole life. But, like, I mean, I'm at least aware of what's going on. I can't remember another player in the last decade or so just going on more of an epic tear in the Summer League and opening eyes than Tyler Hero where you're like – Holy shit! This guy can really play. I don't. I can't name another guy who did that. There, there were guys who had. There were guys who had good summer league stretches, but Tyler Hero was like the dominant player in that. And then he carried it over into the season. It's not like he just was crushing guys who ended up in the G League. Like the guy can really play. Yeah, and the combination of Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero was pretty scary. Um, I, I spoke with former Miami Heat player. Um, and champion uh, Mario Chalmers on the Scoopy Radio podcast last week. Um, and he told me that, you know, he was training with uh, none at great length during uh, the pandemic before Miami left to go to Orlando for Summer League, or excuse me, for uh, the NBA resume at Walt Disney World. And he was just telling me just the combination of hero and none could legitimately be around for a very, very long time. Actually told me that 
The Miami Heat at large reminds them of a, of a baby version of his Miami Heat championship team. I said they're missing maybe one piece. And what I think also gets lost in translation is how um, beneficial Bam Adebayo is for Miami. If you really think about it, um, Hassan Whiteside was traded because they had faith in Bam Adebayo, potentially a most improved player of the year candidate this season. So you know, I really, really do think that um, – the Miami Heat team is, is definitely a dark horse in the NBA's Eastern Conference. Um, you know, people talk about Indiana. You know, will, will um, you know, Victor Oladipo play? You know, multiple people within the league have shared with me um, that there could be. Yes, you're right. His mind on paper, he could be both defensive player of the year and most improved player of the year. Uh, different people, uh, shifting back to, my, to Indiana real quick, uh, multiple people within the league have shared with me. Um, you know, that Victor Oladipo, you know, has pondered back and forth whether he'll play. And one of the things that, um, you know, he and the, and the uh, Pacers have toyed around with um, is, is potentially coming off the bench uh, within, you know, the Pacers system in the reboot uh, in Orlando, um, you know, to preserve himself. I can also tell you to switch back to Miami, um, that Miami is a team that is really interested um, in Victor Oladipo come this offseason in the fall. I have to get used to saying the fall, not the summer, because we're in the summer and we're playing basketball in the summer. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Miami moving forward because I think they're, they're a couple of stars away, a star and, a, and, a, and an additional big star away from replicating what they, what they have, and they do every so often in Miami, which is, you know, create deep playoff teams. And this is Scoopy Radio saying, you bring the coffee and I'll bring the Duncan. Kaboom! My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.